0: there's one thing that the telecommunicators know in this profession is that they don't feel heard. So in this best of, we're going to do an exit interview with Andrew, who is transitioning from being a a dispatcher working in a communication center to being a police officer. Uh, We'll have a little bit of fun with Andrew, but we'll also uh, try to discuss some topics and draw out of him some of the things that are going on in the industry. This isn't just for dispatchers. This is for the general public who doesn't really understand what the dispatchers go through, this is for you dispatchers, so you can provide your input. And if, if you cops or, or firefighters out there think, nah, it's just the dispatcher, you've proven my point. They're, they're just not heard. So why don't you take the hour, hour and a half, and sit and have a little fun with us and listen to what Andrew has to say. This episode originally aired October 19th, 2023. We on the comm center have a special treat for you tonight. We have an exit interview with a real live dispatcher. John is not considered a real live dispatcher at times. We have to hold a mirror under his nose to make sure he's breathing. We're also going to dig very deep into the screeching sound of the 911 call from the F 35 that disappeared. And that's what it was supposed to do because it was a stealth jet. We're also going to discuss the pulse of 911 and kind of the state of the state of the 911 telecommunications industry with two telecommunications professionals. All that, your calls, your voicemails, and what it means for your weekend tonight on the Com Center. City council members
1: have announced their plan to expand the Minneapolis Police Department. We're calling for defunding the police.
2: Shootings in New York City have more than doubled this year.
0: well good evening everybody i'm drew breezy and i'm usually joined by my friend john i'm here tonight running the show as producer but i'll be
3: joining us as well on uh, the various topics of discussion, we're going to be doing the comm center with Drew Breezy tonight. Drew is a 29-year retired uh, police officer, detective, dispatcher, dispatch center supervisor. I am an active dispatcher. Uh, if you've got eight years in the field, I'm going to be taking your calls tonight. You can call us for the show, 848-COM-911. That's 848 266 6911. You can call nice. us. You can be part of the show. If you're listening to us later on Spotify, iTunes, leave us a five star rating and review. And you can also leave us a voicemail
0: at that same number. Drew, how the heck are you doing? I'm doing a lot better than I, I was on what I, you know, I had a man cold this, this week. I I, I was fighting the flu. I, first of all, I want to acknowledge right off the bat, Keithy Casey, Casey, Anthony defense team, just super chatted 20 bucks. It's good to see the hat being passed around again. I love it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So thank you for doing that. And if you're watching us on rumble, just say hello in the chats because you can do that now. But at any rate, I, I was fighting off this sore throat. I, I think my fever was at 1.11 uh, or 112, something like that. That's uh, what it sort of felt like. My throat is still a little bit sore. I am, It's not preventing me from my Guinness Zero, as uh, is tradition every week here on the comm center. But I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm up and about, and I'm actually very excited about today. I, I, I happen to run across... A social media post of a dude who said that it was, you know, he just had this big smile and he was like, this is my last day as a a dispatcher and I'm moving on to different things. And it reminded me of the days of yore where I finished up my time in the communication center and was about to embark on my patrol career. and, And I just sent him a little comment like, hey, man, thanks for doing what you do. I would love to have you on the show, though, to kind of uh, give thanks for for all you've done. And he was so down with it. So, we're gonna talk to Andrew tonight. We're probably not gonna fully identify him because he's gonna be a he's gonna be a very honorable police officer pretty soon. But, John, how are you doing? I'm terrible.
3: Thank you for asking. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just getting ready to prepare for this show. Why don't we why don't we just get our guest in here? Because I love having extra 911 dispatchers on. And it takes the heat off of me, frankly. I could just, you know, stand here and look cool. Let's get let's get Andrew in here.
0: Yeah, come on in, Andrew. I'm I'm actually more comfortable with more I, cops. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Yes. How how do you want to arrange this, John? Do you want to be in the middle? I don't know how to switch it. <laughs> Here, but no, just like this. look at that.
1: Oh,
0: there you go. Okay, this look is fine. That. This works for me. There you go. <laughs> go for it, Drew. <laughs> Andrew, I, I don't. I really don't want to give you a last name unless you do. If you if you want to, if you want to offer that, you can. I just didn't want to be responsible for it.
1: Let's leave it off this time. Let's and leave if you it guys off. Bring me back on. We'll we'll see how it goes. You know,
0: we'll that. All right. So I I promise <laughs> this this degree of anonymity to Andrew as much as I can because I mean he, you know look at him he's a handsome fella he had a beard at one point he had a beard for the. The photo we used in the thumbnail, so it would have been a trio of beards for you tonight. But uh, he has since shaved his beard, which hopefully isn't Samsonite, you know, uh, you know, like a uh, Samson issue. But if you know what that means, at any rate, here's my promise to Andrew, and and this is kind of an admonishment. I'm or, or just like I, I'm putting this out into the universe. I, I don't want to jeopardize this guy's employment. I don't want him to like shame or embarrass anybody he used to work for, though, you know, things happen sometimes and people say things. And I definitely don't want to put his potential, I mean, his future job in jeopardy either. So if he says anything that may be a little bit convoluted or confusing, I'm telling you all right now, blame me, call yeah. me. i You call me at 848-266-6911, leave a voicemail, and I'll return your call, whatever agency you're with. And I will explain it away because this kid is this, this man is, is coming to us with his heart in his hand and he's wholesome and he wants to do good in the profession. He wants to do good in the world. And I would hate f- to see anything, you know, administratively happen to him for that. So not to, definitely not to put anybody on guard or anything. We don't plan on venturing into those territories, but sometimes, you know, it, it's hard not to when you tell stories. But, So Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself the, to, the, to the degree that you can.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I appreciate everything you just said. Thank you very much for looking out for me. Thank you very much. But also, you know, at the same time, a lot of this stuff, people are so worried about that exact thing happening that they don't want to talk about some of the things that probably should be talked about. And that's a lot of the reason why things don't change. So look at us making a difference.
0: I, I I actually said that to John earlier today. There was a little text conversation that we had going back and forth. He bothers me all the time. And he said something, and I, I, it was something to the effect of what you just said. Like, these these poor people don't have an outlet to even – we were discussing the, the, the Pulse of 911 survey that we both had, and he was like, these poor people don't have an outlet to even talk about it. And I was like, that's where we come in, John. And he, he said that I was, what's that guy's name? Jack I said Webb.
3: Jack Webb, which he's one of my favorite guys. I always loved it where he's like, even in the city of angels, so mean lo- halos slip. That's where I come in. I carry a badge. So now it's like all across the country, dispatchers hate their jobs. And they, they're so sick of it. That's
0: where I come in. I That's speak right. at a microphone. That's true. <sighs> so so carry on, Andrew. We keep stealing the limelight from you. Oh, you're fine. I mean, it is your show, so
1: no no harm. Okay. So a little about me. I worked for restaurants for a long time. I decided that wasn't for me. So I started re- selling roller shades for an RV company, which is very, very niche, very lucrative. I
0: you would think lucrative, a lot of money, especially, selling. Selling. Yeah. <laughs> especially in the South. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, the restaurant you work for, were they open on Sundays? No, they were not. Okay. Yes. Okay. Check filet. Yes. God, you just out them. You <laughs> juxted them. He may have worked at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> now that they know who privacy. I am. Dot com, Slash, <laughs> Wolfpack.
3: You know, in certain circles, I am called Spicy Deluxe. Spicy Deluxe. <laughs> with,
1: <laughs> with Pepper Jack or American?
0: Actually, I ask for no cheese. <laughs> Very oh. lactose intolerant. Frosted Lemonade. Who did we have this conversation Drew, with, you John? You can take in a him out at any ago. time. Just yeah, I, I, yeah, really. Continue. Carry on. Shades. So, so
1: 20, 2020 hit. Um I ended up on unemployment for a while, and uh, w- during that time, I started looking into you know other other jobs that were out there, just seeing what else you know sounded interesting. And one of the first things I saw was nine one one dispatcher, and I was like, you know, my dad he worked for a fire department for a very long time, and I was like, he's always mentioned that that's kind of a cool gig. I should check that out. And one thing led to another. I ended up getting a couple of interviews with a couple of agencies in the area. And one of them really just kind of resonated with me. And the next thing I knew, I was answering 911 calls, talking to a lot of people.
0: Not not just answering 911 calls, but excelling in the profession, because it's my understanding that about two years later, you were named the telecommunicator or the communications specialist of the year for your department, were you not?
1: That is correct. That is correct.
0: Are there circumstances behind that that we can talk about that won't identify you? Or is that pretty specific?
1: I mean, we can talk about it. Honestly, I wasn't even aware that it was a thing. You know, with COVID, COVID <laughs> changed everything. So, like, the awards that they used to have were canceled, and and people were wearing masks in the comm center. So it was it was very interesting, very different. When I came on board, people were like, this isn't normally like this. This, you know, usually we do this, and like we have cookouts and stuff. None of that's happening anymore. So when when they started asking me all these questions, they're like, "Hey, we want to use your picture for something." I was like, "Okay." I mean sure. That's fine. Hey, give us a little information about you. We want to, we want to use it in our uh, newsletter. I was like, I have a question. What is all this for? And they told me I won this award. And I, I mean, it honestly blew my mind because I mean, let's be honest, I've only done this job for a little bit of time. I put in my three years doing telecommunications and boy, I got to tell you, there were a lot of people that were way better at it than I was. I mean, they were real still are just sparkling, shining at the gig. And sure. They put me to shame. So I was I was honestly shocked. But the more I talked to certain people who had more or less put me in for it, um, I was appreciative. You know, I was honored. It's very humbling to be told that, hey, you're really good at this. And I was like, I mean, thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. There, There's there's something to be said, like, you know, on every hockey team or every baseball team, there's a guy that's kind of on the bubble that, that could easily not be on the roster because of performance yet. And I'm not saying that to you, but yet he's definitely on the roster because the manager needs him because of the levity or because the smile that brightens up the room or the personality that brings everybody together, or the leadership quality or whatever. I get that from you. One, two, I I cannot believe how closely our stories parallel. I mean, I got into this profession too, because of my dad, essentially because we used to listen to the scanner on the porch together. And I wanted to, you know, pay homage to him. I, I wanted actually to be a cop all along. It just didn't work out that way. So, and then I was promoted very quickly where I worked within two and a half years. And again, there was a lot of qualified people ahead of me, but I was also kind of driven because I knew what I wanted to do. And I took every night or every every shift that I work as a learning experience. Is that something that that you like? Were you building your way towards a career in law enforcement while you were sitting in the chair?
1: You know, honestly, that's kind of something I've always tried to do is keep that student mentality and and you're you're never an expert, right? You're never right. gonna know everything because the day that you think. I know everything there is to know about this. You're going to learn something totally different that you've that you've never thought of. There's always some new way to do something. There's always something refreshing that you have to keep your mind open to. So going into this, I was like, well, I obviously know nothing about law enforcement. One of my first questions to one of my trainers, well into the job, I think I'd done it about a year. One of the officers came over the radio and said, hey, we've got an autoped at this location. And I turned around and said, what the hell is an pet? And i have been doing the job long enough that I should have. They all looked at me like, are you Are you stupid? Come on. What do you mean what's an AutoPed? And I was serious. I was like, I had no idea. And I mean, that's, that's just the example. You have to keep that mentality because as soon as, again, as soon as you think you know everything, you know nothing.
0: John, would you like to ask him questions about NCIC? Yes, but AutoPed, oh. is that like car versus pedestrian or what, what are you saying?
1: You got it. Oh, good for that's me. That's it. Hey, see, we learned something new together.
3: Nice. Did you want to ask about the F-35 or am I going to give him his entrance exam? Which thing are we doing first?
0: Oh, no, I I was just kind of getting to know him a little bit, but I I know that you're cold as ice. So let's just do the (laughs) F-35 thing. If if, Listen, this is the segment. I I say it all the time. This is the segment John and I call, well, it has 911 in the title. But this is a pretty significant news item. I I mean, look, there was a uh, a stealth fighter. We talked about it last week on the comm center that there was a stealth fighter that went down and a guy ejected out of it, the pilot ejected out of it, and they couldn't find it for the longest time, but uh, you know, they found it a couple of days later. But the unique thing about this, and, and Andrew and John will both tell you, you don't know what phone call is gonna come into a communication center. You have no clue what that thing is. You have no warning, you have no prior warning. And I, I saw this call online on, on a popular police YouTube channel some cops that do a podcast not and I looked in the comments there and the first one the first comment that I saw just rubbed me the wrong way it was it was like as a like I hate when people say as a blank like I hate as a as a citizen of as a citizen of Tribeca as a as a retired law enforcement officer I can tell you there are good good dispatchers that will do good for you and there are bad dispatchers this is an example of a bad dispatcher and it pissed me off. I got to be honest. I mean, I listened to the 911 call. Yeah, I mean, it's not like she, I don't, I don't know that she could ride a unicycle and, and juggle chainsaws. But at the same time, like how many times, uh, l- let's, let's just do a quick informal poll. There's three of us that have answered 911 calls in our lives. How many times have you answered a 911 call for a plane crash and a pilot ejected?
1: So actually,
3: no. Answer. Answer. no. <laughs> right, yeah. John. I have John two. Pl- I have two plane crashes, but <laughs> neither one.
1: Never Probably from a from a military perspective. No. F And never from
0: the pilot himself, right? No. Right. Yeah. So, so I I think the point is, like, how do you know? Like, how do you know what you like? I mean, for all you know, she she had just taken a call for a vehicle ped. And next thing you know, the tone goes off in her ear and it's some dude saying, you know, saying in a thick Spanish accent, hey, we got a pilot that objected objected, and, you know, he's in my living room. So let's let's listen to the call. And and by the way, the most endearing part of this whole thing, thankfully, nobody was killed. I don't think anybody was hurt in, in the wreckage part. The pilot made it out just fine. The people in that house made it out just fine. The most endearing part of this was this gentleman's description that I'll play right at the top of the of it. Well, so it here we go. Screeching. We're going to react. That
2: between a screech and a whistle. So oh! what in the world of this?
0: <laughs> so this is a com center original nine one one. The address
2: of the emergency.
0: It's sixty nine twenty Drive. Yeah,
2: tell me exactly what happened. Okay, so, um, it's that oh, that's it. yeah, you just want me to tell him you got ejected i will get my back for a little bit but we okay. we i guess we got a pilot at our house and he says he got ejected well he ejected from the plane so yeah. we just see if we could get some sorry, ambulance please i'm sorry what happened we got a pilot in the house and i guess he landed in my backyard and we're trying to see if we could get a um ambulance to the house please <laughs> And the address is, this. can we drive? Can we know my face. Okay. Okay. So, so like, how, okay. That, what's um, my, what is the phone number that you're calling from? Can,
1: can we pause? Okay. Are we able to pause uh, this? I got to jump in here.
0: Yes, please. All right. Please. So here's,
1: here's me in the comm center, okay? <laughs> All right. Yes. It's, it's 730 in the morning. Of course, mornings are for coffee and contemplation, you know. We're we're maybe Uh watching a little YouTube, maybe some failure to stop, reruns, I don't know, (laughs) whatever's going on in the background. And I get this call, right? And this dude is obviously talking to a man who was ejected. I heard the word ejected. My first thought is it's a car crash. But he sounds fine. I need an ambulance in my house. This guy ejected. And as soon as you hear her pause, that's when I would just, this guy, I got a guy on the hey Matt, I got a guy on the phone. He says he ejected. Okay, tell me, what is this? You
0: ejected? Oh. What? Yeah. Yes. I, I this, this guy
1: says he ejected.
0: John?
3: I got nothing better than that. I <laughs> Honestly, yeah, he's right. If, if someone said that, so, you know, we had an ejected pilot there. I'm just like, I'm. Did, wasn't that in like the last Top Gun movie where he ejected and then like went into a <laughs> yes, bar it was. I'm like, and he yeah, landed
1: yeah like, he lands at the Denny's or something
3: yeah he lands at Denny's and goes inside and like it says can I use your phone the funny thing about this is before this came out there were memes like I'm pretty sure Babylon B said when this plane got lost that the pilot the first thing he did was walk over to a barbecue and he called his CO you know <laughs> which was like this funny bullshit scenario but then like it basically came true only funny that's what he happened because exactly the guy out. dialed
0: nine one one. <laughs> right. I, I mean you, you're I, I never put the two and two of the ejection together. I, I never thought about that because we do deal in, in, in ejections in law enforcement and in the the comp center world all the time. They, the, he he they, was ejected through the windshield, he was ejected through the sunroof, blah blah blah. And and you know, you're just like groggy <laughs> not having the it. word
1: the word eject is never casual. Right. Yeah. It's never no yeah, no no guy, no. He's in my living room, and he ejected. My thought is, <laughs> so this dude flew through your window, and you're just like, yeah,
0: man. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like like, you know, his little legs are kicking <laughs> on the outside of the <laughs> Dude, what? <Yeah. laughs> All right, so we're gonna resume from here.
2: So like, how, okay.
0: Very confused.
2: the phone number that you're calling <laughs> from? Okay, we're getting off on the way. I. I give me just a moment. Yeah, no problem. Yes.
3: (laughs) If you're just listening at home, you're missing out. uh, Okay, are you with the
2: patient now? Yes. Okay, how how old is the patient? We
4: have a military jet crash. I'm the pilot. We need to get rescue rolling. I'm not sure where the airplane is. It would have crash-landed somewhere. I ejected. (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay. I understand, sir. Okay, just to confirm, how many people are hurt?
4: Well, I'm the only one. I'm not sure about my only okay.
2: okay. All right. We we already have help on the way. Give me just a moment, sir. Where am I bleeding from? Yeah, water would be good. All right. Okay. How far did he fall? I was at two
0: thousand feet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Mean it's, not, it's not out of the bed. All right. Yeah. That, <laughs> this is this causes quite a bit of confusion, and this makes people mad because what people don't realize, and, and I'm telling you, this pilot is getting very frustrated for for like. W- without, well, I mean, listen.
1: So, do, so does every caller, right? They're well, like, why are you asking me questions? Get, right. get that. I said ambulance and
0: eject. What more do you need? Right. And and he just wrecked a hundred million dollar craft or whatever, whatever it is. But you know, to get that flight off the ground, he had to go through what is known as a checklist. And he had to make sure that every box was checked and everything was perfect. And there's no, you know, there's no oil leaking from the ailerons or whatever. She's going through a stupid checklist. I mean, and and it's it's frustrating. It's it's probably frustrating for her, uh, but it's frustrating for everybody. And and she's going. She's like, do I consider this a fall? Like I don't see stealth fighter crash. Yeah, I don't in the, in see my protocols. I don't see the
1: plane. And and you know, to each to each of their own. Like we had we had a, we had an airport in our jurisdiction, so we did have plans for that. But, I mean, I still remember the day that we had a, a relatively new dispatcher. The radio tower came over and said, hey, we got – it's happening right now. And she turned around and said, I don't know what to do. But that's hopefully – That's the an appropriate and, response, and, by the way. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and and there there was some training at some point. But, I mean, how often do planes have issues? Not very often. They're exactly. pretty safe. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I, – I, I can see know. where she's taken it back. But yeah. she, and she's I'm, running I'm through str- this – so so when people ask, like, John, wh- wh- why, why would she ask such a question? Like, wh- how far was the fall? Like, wh- what's the point of that?
3: I guess I can only speak for my agency. Like you said, every agency is different. She's trying to type the call, and it's like, what's the situation? What's the chief complaint? Well, he ejected from an airplane, and I, and I yeah. guess, are there injuries? So she opens up. She changes the call type from unknown to fall. To so fall. First- the first question on there is how far did the patient fall? Was it from a ground stand? You know, was it greater than six feet? Actually, the it, uh, first
1: question is when did this happen?
3: Yeah, when did this happen? That's true. Yes, that, that's also a, a very good question. But anyway, right. I feel I feel like she's just kind of going through it as best she can. I mean, you know, we have aircraft incidents things on there, but it's 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 each each aircraft incident is so specific that there's not a lot of fill in there in your protocol like. You just kind of go with whatever they tell you, you know. There's yeah, such yeah. a difference between a Cessna and a cornfield and an F-35 at a barbecue. They're just not the same
0: thing. <laughs> so if, if, by the way, um, it, it, for those who are fire rescue dispatchers or whatever, that, you know, that when they go through these protocols, they tell you the same thing because they, they need to know what equipment to roll out for medical reasons. So if you fall out of your chair, it's not a big deal. If you fall off a ladder, you're going to need a C-spine and you're going to need a a backboard and all this other stuff. That's a different set of equipment that they're going to have to bring. So that's the point of asking, like, how far did he fall? I I don't think 2,000 feet is ever really a good answer when it comes to to how far did he fall because that just kind of defeats the point of the question.
3: That's better for your sit rep or your debrief later. That'll be good. (laughs) The
0: dispatcher can't do much with that. All right, I'm going to back up just a little bit and then pick it up.
3: I
2: was at 2,000 feet. Okay. She's pain. Okay, and what caused the fall?
0: An aircraft failure. Okay. <laughs> I, I say gravity caused the fall. That was the point Great. of that.
2: Okay, is there any serious bleeding?
0: I, I don't know. I can't see myself. No, you so
2: look
3: fine. You look fine. I can't see myself. What did the other person feet. say?
4: I, I feel okay. My back just hurts.
2: Okay. Has there been a report of an airplane crash? I have not seen any come up yet. Okay. What part of the body was injured?
4: Ma'am. I'm a pilot in a military aircraft and I ejected, so I just rode a parachute down to the ground. Can you please send an ambulance? No.
2: Yes, sir, I've already told you they're on their way. I'm just required to ask these questions while they're en route. Okay, we're sending the paramedics to help you now. Stay on the line and I'll tell you exactly what to do next. And
0: oh what? a, a screeching? I saw that between a screeching
2: and a whistle. <laughs>
0: Love that guy. Okay, so let's do a debrief on this one. General thoughts, John.
3: She's just going off the script, and a lot of that is because she either doesn't have the kind of management that trusts her to go off script. When you just you get the one and a ten million calls, where just there's no protocol for it, she's just doing the best she can to fit it in there. Like she said, I'm required to ask these questions. And you just, for me, the biggest laugh was okay. So hold on, I'm going to tell you what to do next. It's just, just like you have, you do not have the command presence <laughs> of the situation to say that. It's like he's like, I'm a lieutenant colonel in the United States Marines. My back hurts slightly. Please send an ambulance to me. The plane was traveling, you know, at bearing zero four zero, traveling at two thousand feet at you know three hundred miles an hour, and she's just like. And I safely injected, by the way, like, I, I got a pretty injected. good idea what to do she next. Goes, Are you bleeding? You know, it's like <laughs> she, she did a good job in the sense that, like, if he had obvious trauma, like if he landed and yes. his arm was off or something, like, then she could do some kind of bleeding control. But aside from this guy having a kind of a rough landing, you know, I guess landing in suburban, you know, South Carolina will do that when you just land, you know, on a straight, you know, other than that, she didn't. She didn't do a bad job. She just can't. She's in a situation where she's set up to fail, in my opinion.
0: I agree. Andrew.
1: Okay. So, for starters, I think there's feedback for both of them. And so, for the caller, he's saying, I just fell out of an airplane. My back hurts. Send an ambulance. If it were me, I'd be like, okay, so where's the airplane now? I don't know. Okay. Well, you were falling from a parachute. Did you get a direction of travel? What direction were you heading? Was it flying straight? Was it careening down like a missile? Where was the plane going? Give me some ideas. Like, is it about to crash ten feet, or is it about to go five states west? Where are we
3: going? Is it going to land in China by itself?
1: Yeah, yeah. Is it? Is it left? Yeah, exactly. I need to know all these things. And and he obviously knows that the problem isn't that he's landed safely. The problem is the plane is somewhere, and we don't know where. (laughs) He's a little uncomfortable, bro. Let me tell you, there's going to be a hell of a lot more than an ambulance going wherever this plane is going to crash. So please send an ambulance. Oh man, we're going to send like 10 fire trucks. The, the air force we're sending everybody. So, I mean, are there, is it armed? Are there warheads on this thing? What are we working with? I need to know more info, but props to her as the call taker. She had no idea what to do. And she went with, okay. There's always, there's always confidence in comfort and you're comfortable with what you've trained. So, if you've never worked an airplane crash, how are you going to be comfortable? How are you going to be confident? But you are confident in the comfort that comes from call taking. That's a lot of C's. So as a call Literally. taker, you know, I want to get as much information as possible, right? I don't know how to take an airplane crash, but where are you? Are you safe? You're good. Okay, cool. Do you need an ambulance to check you out? Are you injured? I don't know. I'm just going to an ambulance to check on you just in case. Where's the airplane now? I have no idea. Does your... Are you in contact with your commanders who might have radar that can tell us if the airplane's still in the sky? Can somebody tell us where it is now? And, you know, honestly, we've got my agency come from. My partners would hear what's happening and pull up a radar tracker and find his tail number to know where that plane is. I I mean, assuming we could see it and it's not like, you know, on some sort of stealth, top secret, stealthy thing. There's lots of ways that this could have gone better, but there's a lot of ways it could have gone worse.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, the basics are all that are required. Everything else is kind of gravy. I mean, I, I think you're right in the sense that, you, you know, even the pilot is more focused on, you know, like, God, I hope I didn't hurt anybody else. Like, he, he's pretty much saying, I'm fine. Just send me an ambulance. But, man, uh, I, I'm waiting for the moment that that, that phone call, call it comes in yeah. that there's this large catastrophic, you know, air, air, aircraft accident. And, excuse me, I mean, you're right. Like, hey, man, can you, like, Ping your <laughs> ping your iPhone or you know yeah. can you, can you hit you, your you watch something and see in, the, that, in the plane yeah. that we can track? Uh, like it's my understanding that you know like you can't bring any electronics of your own in into a cockpit like that because of the the secrecy of the uh, of what's in there. But still, like the, the, if there's a way, there's got to be a way to track it, right? Yeah. But apparently not. And all
1: those TikTok so,
0: videos got to come from somewhere. I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 that's true. Yeah. It, like this one, I, where do you think they got this one in? Maybe if he just slammed on the air brakes, they would have, have we right found by.
1: out. Do we have any footage from him before the plane crashed? Like what's his name? Is he on, is he on uh, Instagram or something?
0: I, I don't know. I, yeah. I did see that some that. F-35 pilots did a, they did a, they did exactly basically what we did, except they did it from the pilot's eyes. Oh,
4: okay.
0: Uh, so, and, and which was pretty intriguing. So, Anyway, we were inverted as Michael Hendricks. (laughs) That guy's going to be flying rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. So here's what we're going to do next in the next phase. If we have buttoned that up, John, do you think we put that to a close or no?
3: Unless there's any questions that you ha- want to ask this very talented and experienced dispatcher who is ready to handle an F thirty five crash, I'm I'm actually very amazed at like how ready you are for that. No wonder you're a telecommunicator of of the year. You know, I, I'm I'm not I'm not doing nearly so. Well. I was telling Abby in the chats. She asked, "Well, you know, what a dispatcher know to sail that?" I'm like, Andrew is a dispatcher, so yes, like the elite among <laughs> us will know that. But uh, you know. This call taker, maybe not so much and maybe me not so much. The other thing is, too, is that, you know, we are quarterbacking her a little bit Monday morning. Like you get the call that, you know, that you just you can't she can't even understand it. And, you know, we're looking we know, but we know what happened at retrospect. Yeah. Hindsight's. 20 right. Right. So in a sense, but, you know, when you do when you take a call like this and you you don't like he said, you have comfort in what you're familiar with. And that's why she's relying on so much on the tools that she has at her disposal rather than kind of going off script. You get a deer at a headlights thing sometimes where you're just like, holy shit. And you just have no you know, idea. But his his questions were all very good.
1: A, a quick story. One of my first times I realized that was the secret to this job. Uh, somebody called in a panic about something happening at the quick shop. And I'm new. I don't know what the quick shop is. I'm, I'm using the tools I was taught to find the quick shop. Well, I put the call in at the quick stop, which is not the same. Ooh, and let me just tell you when officers are yelling at you about which one is it? And your trainer's like, what are you doing? And the, the supervisor's like, you need to stop asking those questions. It's very easy for you to go. I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. But that's the moment where you're like, okay, this is never going to happen to me again. Now I know where the quick stop is, where the quick shop is. And I know how to find them for future. Yeah. Like Not only those shops, but now I know how to find any business because yeah. if you can't find them in your CAD system, is it in Google? If it's yeah. not Google, we had a it's uh, in a community bulletin that came out we, when it opened. Like we got a go we had a pretty
0: them. bad area town that had two competing convenience stores that were catty corner from one another, and one was called Snacks, S N A X, and the other was called Snack Attack. So, oh. <laughs> it mattered putting yeah. the right place in because there were more shootings at Snack Attack than there were at Snacks, and and you get and it's seconds like seconds matter. We have Will Cray on the. What happened to Will Cray? I'm going to bring him on. Sorry, Uh, I didn't realize. I've got it. I'm I'm handling that. We have Will Cray on the line who has a question for us. How are you? I'm
1: doing pretty dang great. How are you guys
0: doing? Uh, Couldn't be better, my friend. You have a question for for us for Andrew or for the collective? I have a question for Andrew. Yes. What is
1: the Dumbest call that you had that you can remember or are able to tell? So I actually have one favorite call that really sums up the most stressful, the craziest, the most wildest. This guy called. He he was such a character that uh, we had a tire in the courtyard that I would go flip as part of my just training during lunch and off hours. I named the tire after him. He was that dramatic. But long story short, he called in to report a vehicle stolen. And as I'm asking him questions about how the vehicle was stolen, you know, he's telling me that he's, it, it just happened. I'm at the store right now. I'm like, bro, you're nowhere near the store. You're at a house, like not close to that at all. What are you talking about? Can you be more specific? And I mean, the expletives and the cursing, the yelling that occurred for the next like seven to 10 minutes of my time, was so impressive that <laughs> every time the call would disconnect, I would turn to the room and say, no one answers the phone. He's mine. <laughs> and and come to find out by the end of this conversation, it turned out that he was trying to falsify a report. He'd actually crashed the car and was trying to report it stolen. And that's why he got uh-huh. so upset with me. It is it is a one day if I can somehow find it and send it to you guys, it's a doozy. It's probably, <laughs> it, it's my favorite call ever.
0: Well, thank you for calling. Question answered. I hope I'm gonna go. I'm gonna mo- actually move on to another caller who's in our queue here. Have a good one, guys. Right. Thank you, you too. If you want- oh. have somebody that's a part of the hello? prison riot, yes, hello, go ahead.
4: Hey, so I was gonna tell John about a joke about pizza, but it's too cheesy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you want to be part of this and give us uh, dad jokes or puns, please call us at 848-266-6911. That's eight four eight com nine one one. There's a reason for that, but we love taking your calls. And during the week, you can leave John a voicemail. He likes to play them at the end of the at the show at the end of the show. Uh, Andrew, let me give you your first nugget of wisdom: Don't ever lose the inquisitiveness that you had. Whenever you think that you've run out of questions, you probably should ask two or three more. And I think that's going to carry you very far in your law enforcement career, which you're about to embark on. I, I don't I even know that. if we got to that part in, part in your in your resume that you're leaving the profession because you're on, headed out to the, the street. So w- what I would like to do for you right now is I just want to do a live exit interview. This is an interview that I would conduct with anybody that was leaving the comp center that I worked in. That I was administrator of. And I, I just I'm gonna ask a few simple questions. I don't expect you to embarrass anybody that you know. I don't expect you to hurt anybody's feelings. You just keep them as general as possible, and I'll keep the questions as general as possible. But can you sum up on a scale of one to ten, what was your experience over the last two and a half, three years?
1: Honestly, nine out of ten. I Wonderful. loved the job. Loved the job. It was quite possibly one of the greatest things I've ever done.
0: Outstanding. So, what do you think of the? So, what would be your top two stressors of the job itself um, as it relates to where you're working? I
1: would say short staffing. I mean, but everybody's short staffed. That's not a new headache in the industry. And otherwise, just your administration. You know, no knocks to you, Drew. I'm sure you were great. But yeah, just your administration actually listening, taking feedback. If, if there's an issue actually resolving it, timely even. But I, I would say that's also something that's not new to a lot of people in this profession.
0: So we'll, we'll go back to the Likert of uh, one to 10 scale here. What would you say, I don't want to point out a specific administrator, but what what would you say your engagement was? Like, like uh, your ability to engage in the process, if, if that makes sense to you. Honestly, that was,
1: I would give that a nine or a 10, even the the ability for me to like, I, I would voice my concerns often just because in my experience, the more you talk about something, case in point, you guys are here right now. The more you talk about something, the better the chances are of it getting resolved or at least addressed. And we would see that we would see issues come up because, you know, if I'm talking about it, then then Dave's talking about it and, and steve's going to talk about it later because it's become a, a hot button topic but then whether or not it's something happened afterwards that was where it kind of fell through so i would give that a maybe a, a six five or six because i mean i did see action but i think there could have been
0: more so the follow-up wasn't as good yeah from my forced overtime standpoint were you uh did you have to indulge in that i mean i were you made to work overtime because of the short staffing
1: very rarely most of the time it, it was voluntary and there were a lot of folks that really wanted to pick up that time there were a lot of folks too you know so i've got two kids at home and and a lot of people knew that you know me personally i'm not really looking for that extra overtime where somebody else who maybe they've got you know more time. They don't have kids at home. They're not married. They've got less obligations, but they do want to spend the money, you know, that they're going to pick up that overtime. And and those people exist at every agency I would, I would hope.
0: The mission uh, of the place where I used to work was to serve, protect, and defend the community while preserving the rights and dignity of all people. Where do you see us in the communication center, in your communication center, hitting the mark on that?
1: Going back to the one out of 10, I would honestly give it about a five to six. Not great, not bad, but there's room for improvement. You know, one of the things I did right before I left, we hired six new dispatchers. I I sent them an email with just some of my notes, some of the things that i learned along the way, some quick tips and tricks for our specific agency. But I told them, I was like, look, never forget that people are calling you most of the time because they're experiencing the worst moments of their lives. And I know it sucks having to pause, you know, that Netflix show that you've just found time to watch, or you've (laughs) got to put down the pasta that you finally got to get up and go heat up, you know, but you owe the, you owe it to those people. You honestly, you owe it to everyone to treat others the way you want to be treated. How would you want to be treated when you're calling because you're, you were just in a head-on collision and you don't know if the people in the backseat are okay. They're not answering you. All you can do is call 911. How how do you want to be treated when you're in the back of a storeroom calling because you hear what sounds like gunfire in the parking lot? How do you want that to be taken? Remember that and, and talk to these people like the human beings that they are. It's not hard. It does not take time. If that's one thing I got from my time at the Cluck Hut, it's to treat every person like they matter, and it's not hard to do.
0: That's uh, very, those are very wise words. Those are going to carry you a very long way when you get to the street as well. I, I just, I want you to know that. That's, it, it, it's, it's a very simple concept. It's called the golden rule. We we yeah, learned it in kindergarten. We probably, you probably learned it in Sunday school when you're a kid. Do unto others as you wish them to do unto you. It's it's a pretty simple concept and it carries you so much farther in, in life. It it, it it, whether it's in a communication center or out on the street as a cop, it can callous you to the point where you actually start to believe that it's an us versus them. And it's never us versus them. We're we're there to serve those people, whether they're, whether they want us there or not. But, um, and so, you know, you're going to have to temper your response uh, based on that, but we should never let our authority overshadow our service. John Serpins said that once or twice. Uh, So, from uh, a, a, just speaking of preserving dignity, rights and dignity of all, from a mental health standpoint, how would you feel, and we'll go one to 10 again, your supervisory staff, your your agency or your supervisory staff does with the traumatic calls that you deal with in, in a 911 center?
1: So, supervisory, I think it's there. The, the tools have been put in place. We had a peer support group through the entire police department that did include dispatch, you know, anybody that worked for the PD had access to those tools. So, so it is there, but, but really, you know, I would say I, I got more out of the people in the room with me or those people that I developed relationships with, you know, at the console next to me or in the patrol cars on the street. Those were the people that I turned to when I was feeling something. And we, we took, you know, I only worked there for three years, which is a very very small time span considering some of the 20 plus years that people have put in for other agencies. So when you find that that supportive click, those people that, that have your back and you're, you find the, the ability to lean on them in your most trying times, that's, that's something that no administration, I'm sorry, no administration's ever going to compare to. So giving, giving not only the people the tools to succeed that way, but also allowing them the freedom to be able to do that with each other is crucial.
0: Outstanding. We're going to cover some of this in the in the Pulse of 911. So let me just wrap it up this way because, you know, we're going to go over Pulse of 911, and John has much, much better questions than I do. I, I'm going to give you the, the keys. I'm going to give you four passes. Here they are. Here's four passes. You can either promote four people, fire four people, promote three people, and fire one w- 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 without giving names off the top of your head, what do you think you're going to do with these four passes?
1: I would definitely promote two. Okay. It's easy right off the bat. Like yeah, they might as well be promoted anyways. <laughs> and maybe, maybe not fire per se. <sighs> I think some of the people are, are really good at certain aspects of the job and not so good at others. And I think there is a way to find success for those people where they're not hurting the one area that they could be really, they could, be, they could, you know, experience a lot of improvement in and give them the opportunity to do what they're really good at. There are ways to do that. And I, I feel like a lot of times there's, there's some sort of lockdown on that from above the powers that be that just say, no, you're not going to be able to do that. You're, you know, your job description is this, but then you see it with other people who, maybe aren't as good at the, You know what I mean? They're not as good as not that thing it. that the other person is. And you're like, why, do it. how do we, come on, there's a way to do this. And I don't know why we're not working together to make this all happier for everybody.
0: Sure. So, so along those lines, two, uh, I'm going
1: to keep make, the other two passes and throw them back and be like, how do I, how do I make this work? Cause right now it's tied to the knot.
0: That's fine. I, 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 I dig the fact that at least you're going to take two of them for the positive because it's easy working in a comp center environment. It's easy to, to develop a negative attitude, it's easy yeah. to say, "You know what? I know four people right off the bat that I would fire." Uh, it's very easy to do. It's very—it's probably a little bit more difficult, or it takes a little more integrity to say, "Oh, there's two right off the bat I know I'd promote." My gut instinct uh, was
1: definitely to fire two, but then I thought, be
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> because they could be rehabilitated, and that's another leadership quality too. Because just like exactly. you say. There are people that maybe, maybe they rub you the wrong way, but they have strengths and, and you got to see the strengths in everybody, especially in a, a critically staffed yeah, field. So just to, just to wrap it up again, because I said I was going to wrap it up, but I'll ask one more question. And So when it comes to training, either job specific or leadership development, how are we hitting the mark or
1: how are we not hitting the mark? I think there's opportunity across the board.
0: Room for improvement. There's a
1: lot of oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because a lot of people want to learn and are not being given the choice. And there's a lot of people that are content with what they're doing now and are maybe being forced into a role where they're, right. you know, not not every great salesman makes a great sales manager. Not that's every right. great telecommunicator makes a great trainer. That's and true. you have to identify, like I, you know, going back to what I was saying with the passage, you have to identify the strengths that people are bringing to the table so that you can have an award-winning team. And that's uh, that's not happening everywhere. And it could definitely happen more. There there needs to be more give and take more. What can I do for you? What can you do for me? What can we do for each other to make this more successful across the board? How do I make you happy in this position?
0: Look, give it up for Andrew. Everybody. He he did a a fantastic job. I I see why he is going to be where he's going to be. And he's going to be a phenomenal police officer. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, Listen, just so you'll understand, communication is about 80% of the game and you started in a place called communications. It's it's a gift that was given to you. So use that every day, my friend, and, and ask two or three more questions. I, I'll tell you from a street shift commander's uh, perspective, your generation, and I'm not, I'm not looking down on you, point my finger, your generation is used to texting or emailing or being non-confrontational and sometimes gets a little antsy when they have to, get confrontational or speak to people. And I'm telling you, that's going to be your bread and butter, especially on the midnight shift, getting out, talking to people, getting face-to-face, whether it's a good contact, a suspicious contact or whatever, that's where you make your money. That's where your bread and butter is. Knowing the area that you work, knowing the zip code that you work, you patrol You, you patrol pretty much the same way every night and you can notice what's different every night. Yeah. But getting out and talking to people, that's gonna make your your career go a long way and, and never never find yourself in a position where you have to lie about anything. Just tell the truth. It's even even if you have to put in the report, I made the hugest mistake in the world. A good prosecutor can overcome that. Don't worry about that. Just put Absolutely. just put in there what you did. Don't yep. don't try to circumvent anything. No one's and gonna beat you up.
1: That's life advice, Drew. That's not just PD <laughs> advice. That's that's across the board, baby.
0: I would give you better advice if you had a beard. But, John, oh, you're I, gonna, I, I knew think, you were going to
1: throw that in my face today.
0: Yeah, you only got to your Literally. John, uh, John, what I want you to do. Look, we'll use the Pulse of 911 as the last resort. Let's. I, I think we need to give the entrance exam at this point. I've been doing all the talking.
3: Okay. Well, first of all, this has been a pleasure to watch. The two of you need to team up and go on the circuit like you were talking about before the show. Drew said you are you are poised to become an excellent police officer. Drew was a police officer for a very long time. I want to point out that he did make detective on his last day. But other than that, he is a very, very good police officer. Knows what he's talking about. And hopefully I am some kind of litmus test that he is good at assessing talent because I'm here I am in week 39. Anyway. There you go. So, So for you, we are, I I just thought since for me, the idea of going from dispatch to the road is nuts. Like I have never wanted to do that. Like for me, when I take a phone call and I punt the ball to the the police team and I could go sit down on the bench. However, it turns out I just get to watch. That's, that's, that's me. I already had my captain action phase when I was younger. So for me, like for, I've never taken a call where like, man, I wish I could go meet that person. You know, I don't feel that way, but For you, I I wanted to kind of assess where you're at in terms of going from one career to another because they're very different. But the only way I could do that that was fair because I'm not a police officer is just to go to kind of a third party that pretty much everyone agrees is a fair standard for police. So I'm going to give you five basic questions from the National Police Officer Selection
1: Test. Or post to bomb them
3: all. And, and, entry right. level basic. T- no, it's very entry level. So I don't want okay. you to feel intimidated right. or anything. And part of this too is to educate the audience on what you might need to know becoming a police officer, because maybe there's people out there that want to do that. But this is this is all very basic stuff. If you if you've binge watched Law and Order, you're probably going to be fine. So deep just breaths, keep, Andrew. You're going to do good. I believe in <laughs> you. You, you have you have composed yourself and comported yourself well here. So uh, <laughs> so we'll go ahead with number one if you are ready. I'm ready. But there has to be some kind of you know penalty for like not doing well. So if you don't get above a fifty percent, will you eat a hard boiled egg with the shell on? Simple simple question. I mean, I can't ginger. I
1: can't make you do this. It's a gentleman's <laughs> I, gentleman. I find the terms acceptable.
0: Okay. Yeah, if you go zero for four, we're gonna you're gonna have to eat a Christmas ornament like
1: glass. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, ironically enough, I don't have hard-boiled eggs with the shell on it reg- readily available, but I do have Christmas ornaments. We will wait twenty okay.
3: minutes. Uh, depending well, don't on how throw it because up. of that. Yeah, we'll get you that. Yeah, don't, don't throw no, it. because No, of
1: we that. can wait twenty <laughs>
3: minutes for you to boil an egg All and right. even, even cool it down. Forty-five minutes max. But my lawyer is here in the stream. He has signed off on that, so we are good to go. So we're ready. So number one. All right. Let's do it. All right. So name three well-established exceptions to the warrant requirement before conducting a search. Name three well-established exceptions to the warrant requirement, the Fourth Amendment, before conducting a
1: search. Hmm. I'm taking a long shot here.
0: I'm going to go with. This is pre-academy, mind you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Three reasonable exceptions to what was it the last part? The three reasonable well exceptions well,
3: to. well well established exceptions to the warrant requirement. So if you wanted to check out the back of somebody's truck, if you wanted to go inside their house to see if you could find something, you know, anywhere where someone has an expectation of privacy, how could you, as a police officer, go and look for that without getting a warrant from a judge? Go ahead.
1: Mere. Suspicion, reasonable suspicion, and probable cause.
0: I say two out of three. Damn it. Sus- <laughs> Drew, Mere-
3: Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You tell me. Well, I just I want to know if he passes the question for even getting one right when he's pre academy. Are we gonna give it to God? Him? I don't know. This is a very hard. Let's. He, he I'm, may I'm have gonna, to eat a Christmas ornament based on your decisions. Oh, yeah. Oh, just
0: a small one. Like I, I, I think <laughs> what we'll do is we'll see how he answers the next question to see if he gets credit for this question, okay. which is it, it's completely unfair. But, but so is law enforcement. So, yeah, I mean,
3: yeah. I mean, because you'll be called to do things and you won't you know, you can't you can't phone a friend. You can't call your zone partner. You can't
0: call your police academy. Professor. Yeah,
3: right. to have to.
0: Yeah. That, you're on your own right now. And but yeah. you know, well, let me tell you. You're you're killing it, like I, you know, I, I'm in your corner, like I'm your your corner man, like you yeah, gotta, you know, stick
3: and move, stick and move. But but you from here this. on out, Drew will not be allowed to help you because he okay, does not right. want to eat. He because he would have the same penalties as you. That would only be fine. Oh, and good. actually, hey. Drew is is very allergic to Christmas ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> if it's if the ate, glitter. If he ate one, it would probably be deadly for him. <laughs> See, Whereas for me, it's
1: the glass, fine. but I'm willing to do it for you guys. Okay, that's yeah, the glitter yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. The willingness at
3: this point is moot. All right. So here are some of the exceptions probable cause, consent, oh. in- incident to arrest, plain view, exigent circumstances. So if you could just see the drugs, you could take them if someone's calling for help. Yeah. If you've already arrested them, you know, you could search the immediate area there. But that's okay. Well, like Drew says, we will see how you do going forward and maybe we can give
0: you retroactive credit for that one. Okay, yeah, I Plainview always gets them, though. Plain we'll view. Everyone we'll always forgets Plainview, and a lot of people forget consent. You can always just ask them. Yeah, hey, just ask right. Can I search?
3: Very good. We're doing a FTS Academy here. Okay, so are you ready for number two? There's only five, by the way. I'm ready for number two. There's not like 400 of these. Okay. Officer Smith often works as a drug use prevention officer in the local public schools. He visits three schools a week, 40 weeks out of the year. What? Did Officer Smith do to be punished with this assignment?
1: <laughs> what did Officer Smith do to be punished with this assignment? The possibilities are endless. I'm going to say wrecked the new patrol car.
0: Drew. Yes, he wrecked the new patrol car is acceptable because they want to keep him in a in, on solid ground. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm uh, going to give a yes on that one. They, they right. want to keep them in a sheltered area. All right, so point. They can drop so them far. off at the schools. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, <laughs> are you ready? you ready for number Let's three?
3: Let's do number three. Let's do it. Okay. A robbery suspect has been arrested. The judge in the case has set bail at $1 million. The bail bondsman requires a 10% deposit to issue a bail bond. The robbery suspect and the bondsman... Are twin brothers born on the same day? Astonished by this, you ask the suspect and the robber their age. The bondsman says that he is 20, and the robber says that he is 22. How possible?
1: Uh, T O O. That is correct.
0: You're yeah, a baby. It's grammar. Oh, you know how to it's write grammar. a report already. That's I fantastic. Do.
3: Let's do this. Come on. Number four.
0: Make it difficult. You're
3: you're almost at the point where you don't have to eat a Christmas ornament (laughs) anymore. All right. All right. Here's number four. Okay. You and your partner are investigating international drug trafficking, but but you uncover a scheme with illegal shipments of gold cougar ants sent from the Afrikaner apartheid government in South Africa. Because you are getting too close to the case, the Consulate General of South Africa sends you a message by having an assassin break into your house. You survive the attempt, but the Consulate General claims diplomatic immunity from prosecution. What do you do?
1: Is he on the boat with me?
3: This is, you're not on a boat. You're wherever you live. This is, ver- this is right out of the test. This is front page test.
0: <sighs> I don't. Think, you don't have uh, time for me to read that I feel again. Like I saw yeah, this movie. You, you haven't called your sergeant over this, so like you better you better know this stuff, Andrew. I would call the captain on this one personally. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I if I have his call. number yet. I might call the secretary. Of state.
3: He he wants my badge and my gun right now, and I am not to investigate <laughs> this on my personal time. I have to leave this alone.
0: Shielding my peace. What do you do though? <laughs> I'm trying to think like Mel Gibson here, guys. Uh, Ooh, yeah. So I have, yeah, I was going to say he offered a wrong answer, but yeah. I mean, because what's the passion of the Christ have to do with any of this? Yeah, that that. Was, so yeah. I was just, you know. Yeah. So we'll go. We'll go with. I mean, he got two right. He got two wrong. I mean, okay.
1: yeah,
0: he got two. So we two said. Right and, one and a half what,
1: what what is the right way to handle the african consular
3: well you uh, were close when you set a boat you've got to get them out into international waters there's no diplomatic immunity in maritime law uh,
1: <sighs> god sakes just
3: trick them onto a yacht tell them there's a sexy party and then you come up with two guns one in each hand party. and then you pissed whip weapon with both guns forehand and backhand and anyway the rest writes itself
1: I'm gonna make sure I ask this in the academy and see what the instructor. Have you yeah. already done
3: your oral boards? Because I'm pretty sure this exact situation will come up. In the
1: yes. I have done my oral board, okay. uh, so I actually I, I am employed now with a new agency, and oh. they're pushing me through the academy next month. So okay, well this That's will be it, it is
0: date. happening. Hopefully. Hopefully, this won't be on the test. So okay, uh, or yeah, if it let's, will. Let's, I
1: mean, you already know the answer. I'm gonna call you if it is.
0: You could call me anytime. <clears throat>
3: So this is the last one. So unfortunately, we're in a position where you you know you had to do better than fifty percent, or you had to eat a hard-boiled egg with a shell on, minimum. So, but good news is this one is multiple choice. So you're already you know your your final fifty percent is down to thirty-three percent or whatever. I can't do that. I like one. these odds. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Which category of drugs represents the most expensive loss to a pharmacy? Is it A? Narcotics, B, barbiturates, or C, wang pills.
0: Where's the pharmacy? <laughs> That's a good point. Is this a Mexican pharmacy? <laughs> What's John? my
1: demographic?
0: Like, can you please, is this a pharmacy in like to, in Tegucigalpa? Is this a pharmacy in Matamoros or is this a pharmacy in, we'll say like San Diego? Yeah, you have to eat the egg. It's too late. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he already got away with the, the wine pills. <laughs> oh, and I gave away the answer. Give it up to yeah. Andrew once again. Maybe yes. there's some applause on that machine that you have, John, but we are. Thank you. We are definitely on a roll with all of this. Look, we were going cu- we to cover the Carbine Nina Pulse of 911 survey. I, I, it's too maddening and too... Too sad to be honest. I, I can tell you that we covered most of it in the in the in the exit interview, but you'd be shocked. Like I, I would I would love if if you work in the field that you you just go anywhere online and look at this thing, because it's a complete eye opener. You're all in the same boat. This is the this is my point. You are definitely all in the same boat. It, it's like high percentages of of all of the same things. It's all high percentages of we're understaffed. That we're churning out employees that we can't recruit and uh, retain, that we can't, that we're not, that we don't have the ear of the administration, that we don't, we're not engaged in the process, and they expect too much. You're all in the same boat, so if you're going to change it, you got to get involved, and and they have to let you get involved. Sometimes it takes forcing your way in. So, how about this, John? I think we should probably just go to voicemails, and then and then we'll figure out what we're going to do from there. Sure, it'll just give you a minute to toggle over there. I didn't know that we
3: were doing that immediately.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. You you put me on the spot, and I'm obviously
3: not able to to multitask or do more than one thing at a time or handle technology. (laughs) So there's no reason why anyone would expect that I
0: would succeed in this
3: situation. Just so
0: you'll know, from that same survey, around 38% felt ill-prepared to deal with an active shooter situation. That's a lot. 38% the of the dispatchers across the nation. I mean, there were a lot of dispatchers that they queried in this thing. 38%. So that's that's just under half, basically. I mean, I, I know how math works. Uh, 50% is half, but 38%. So, I, so they will... feel it, – so it could go very sour very quickly anywhere you are, and boom, 38% of it's... the, the – Yeah, go for it. What,
1: go, yeah, it's, what were it, it, so going about the active attack, it's terrifying. I mean, I've never – you've never seen so many 911 calls at the same time.
0: Yeah. Were you, were you working during one or – yeah. I was trying to remember what McKinney, Texas – oh, my God. I was Damn trying to true. remember what – what? Damn it. <laughs> We're going to, we, we will definitely edit that out. Everyone ignore <laughs> that. <clears throat> everyone log I, I, was,
1: uh, you, you I was
0: trying to remember what. Uh, you tansied him. M- Minneola, <laughs> <Mineola laughs> Minnesota was. was
3: Mineo- most, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. Uh,
0: yeah, okay. Yeah. That's voicemails. My, my voice. All right, quick voicemails. Everyone's I all defi- like, I, John's the I, only one who fucks up around. Me. I, I can edit that out. Uh, it will be. It, it went out oh, live, but I mean, I could. I don't worry about
3: it. We will edit out live too. We will,
0: we will fix this. Okay. We will. We will turn back time. We will. Well, we'll lobotomize
3: some
4: people that. and. <laughs> All
0: right.
3: Here we go. Here's some voicemails. We have four tonight.
4: Gents and ladies, that's a special shout out to K Drama Slumber Chef here. Just finished last Thursday show. Not only is that woman and her psychotherapist appalling makes me want to go vigilante because the fact that that's still happening in today's day and age is disgusting. Just a little life tip here, because I do fall subject to my own stupidity more often than I'd like to admit. <clears throat> but when it comes to the research, either if it's wanting to know why the leaves change color during different seasons or whether I'm a newborn parent and I have a two year old who's just uncontrollable in my perception you need to vet your research. You need to vet everything you do. A good rule of thumb, but it's not an absolute, is if you have enough people from enough different backgrounds and enough different areas in life, they're they're all pointing to a very common theme. Then that might actually be the theme that you might want to go down and 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 either hold or abide by. But don't turn to the internet first. If you're going to go through the internet, you need to back that up with literature that has not been compromised by a lot of the woke ideologies that we see ourselves in the 21st century so just like i said a little life tip when it comes to just researching or just trying to get things especially with this parent situation like if you feel like your kid is out of control or you're just having a hard time dealing dealing as a parent you you just need to talk to different people you need to hear different backgrounds different stories and you know you only learn by experience and you learn by failure so you always got to put that, that foot forward, especially if you're going to be a parent. Above all else, you need to put unconditional love at the forefront of what, whatever you're trying to do, either discipline or or any other facet to, to parenting at that point. He said
3: a lot of good things there about the internet, about making sure you don't uh, taint your own investigations into the unknown by going to the internet. Anybody could say anything in the internet? I think I'm case in point there. You know, I've given out a lot of spurious advice here. We had a guest on the show that I tried to force him <laughs> to eat a Christmas ornament. I'm just really typical of like what you might find on the internet. And if you're going to raise a child, maybe that's not where you should go. He's, of course, making reference to our last episode where we had a YouTuber doling out advice on how to raise kids while she was taping them up and abusing them. So excellent point there, Lumber Chef. Very well. We'll go on to the next one.
4: Here it goes. Hello, Com Center. This is Micah calling in. I'm looking forward to Com Center this week with one of my favorite duos.
1: But He's talking about you and me, Drew.
4: Drew and John, you remind me of another famous duo, Detective Sherlock Holmes and John Watson. So one day, Watson comes home to 221B Baker Street, and he asks Sherlock, why is the door painted yellow? Sherlock looks at Dr. Watson and replies, a lemon entry, my dear Watson, a lemon entry.
0: What's worse, that one or David's from earlier? No, David, I I mean, I I don't know. Like, it's it's just getting, they're stretching. Okay, guys,
3: in the chats, go ahead and put a one if you want Micah's voicemails to be permanently banned for all time and put a number two if you just want them to be
0: down to, like, once per
3: year because,
0: like, holy moly. I'm considering putting Mike on pro on. He's a captain in our in our communication center, Andrew. So you'll know. And I'm thinking about putting him on probation for that.
1: Yeah, that was. I'm a, not
0: angry. I just think he needs you to to do what you have to do. Have a to a little
1: little do. Yeah, looking yeah, like just an improvement. That his strengths obviously are, are dad jokes, so you can find. Something I'll,
0: I'll use one of your passes to keep him around, but we're gonna de- we're gonna have to develop him. I'm literally angry with rage, and he will be eating a
3: Christmas ornament I I able to do. <laughs> all right. Here, here's uh number three. Any old time. Go ahead, Jim. Hello, John and Drew. This is Jim from Florida calling in with uh, a comment on the Judy
4: Hildebrand issue. Y- you all went back and forth talking about whether or not she's mentally ill, has to be mentally ill. Did you ever consider
3: that maybe she's just pure evil? I think she's just evil, period.
4: I don't I don't think there's any mental illness. She's just evil. So anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work. Bye.
3: Thank you, Jim, from Florida. Once again, you have taken my side over Drew's. I have to say <laughs> this is especially gratifying, given that you are something of a friend and a mentor to Drew. And to see me take his place, what is the special place in, in, in his life that he has with you, and now it's mine for all time. feels very good. I felt that that lady was evil. That was kind of the point I was making. I didn't articulate myself well because I was furious last week. If you go back and watch that, you'll see that I'm just busting at the seams. But, you know, we, my point was that mental health is sort of the – It's a, it, it, the it doesn't excuse it, but it's, it's – it's, for some reason, we go to that so quickly to say this is a reason why this happened when we're just not ready to – be comfortable or acknowledge the fact that evil in the world is in the world and it has to be confronted and it has to be destroyed and not appeased or accommodated. And when you have a woman who will take kids into her basement and, and tape them up and abuse them like that, then it's just pure evil and anything else is just an excuse, Drew.
0: I'm with you. Okay, last I, I one. I, I can't go against the Jedi Master. Yes. All right, here we go.
3: Last one not taco john's and when you order they tell you your total and they say you know would you like to round up to help cure kids cancer it's like how can you say no to that and i guess the answer is i just say no fuck those kids well that is a bizarre quandary i don't appreciate that's that's a lonely (laughs) what a lonely pathetic son of a bitch that would call in (laughs) And say that on this show, <laughs> sir, you need to go get a life. When you are having those terrible moments, do not think of com center. Move on. Go get go get an adjustment.
0: That's it well, for voicemails, Drew. <laughs> we know all about that. Thursday night is this show that John and I host, and and God forbid, you know Andrew's taking a run at John's job, if not mine. But this is called the Com Center, and it's it's on Thursday nights at eight PM and we we give voice to the dispatcher because for all these years, the dispatcher has been voiceless in my opinion, and I can do whatever I want.
3: Tell a friend. I love just getting that life-changing money that comes in. We love having the open forum where we could tell stories and do whatever we want on there. It's just a little bit. Drew, I did have one last thing that I'm getting very oh, subtle reminders on. So here on Fair to Stop, this is a new policy that I have only just found out about recently. We do shout-outs now at the end of the show. So I All got a right. request for a shout-out. So, Drew, with your blessing, and Andrew, of course, yours as well, I will go ahead and do the shout-out. Andrew, thank you for that assent. If you had said no, I wouldn't have done it.
1: I, have <laughs> I would out be out removed. Well. Yes.
3: No, we would not do that. I will. He is kicking me out right now. Minimize John. Hashtag. All right. So I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, – and, and please, I'm not trying to butcher your name. I want to do it right. But I believe it's Corin. She works out in the Bay Area of San Francisco – she is a, a literal bestie to one of our members. And right now, she is getting her ass consistently kicked on the radio, and she needs some happiness. I know that they're probably very understaffed out there in California. I know that uh, you're having to run more than one channel at a time. You've got a lot of radio traffic on there. you got a lot of friggin' police officers who are asking you for things that they could do in their car, but they don't feel like it, so they're just going to go ahead and ask you. I know that you got lots of people talking to you all at once. I know you got some people who are blurting some shit out so that have waiting to be acknowledged first. I know you got lots of channels going on all the time. And I know you just, you don't even get a break. It never stops. You never get to milk a call like a police officer. So, Corin, we are thinking about you. Uh, keep going. You are a thin gold line. Keep going. We are proud of you. Find a way to deal with the stress. Come on the show sometime. Talk to us about it. For me, that's still the only reason I'm even able to hang in there. I would have given up a long time ago if I wasn't able to come on here and uh, vent about being an Iowa dispatcher. And for that, I owe my thanks to Drew and probably Andrew soon. So, Corin, keep it together.
0: Proud of you. Uh, I was asked to give this shout-out to uh, Alana Rose's Boutique, B-O-W-T-I-Q-U-E. It's a uh, nice little uh, shop uh, that's probably done out of a very cozy uh, family room somewhere. In the southeastern United States, but it's it's a sweet little website. If you go to Alana Rose Boutique B O W T I Q U E, you'll see a lot of nine one one collection stuff. Nice. Uh, I think I think that a lot of people would get enjoyment out of some of that.
3: Reach stuff. out to me. Let's put it. Let's put my drawing of Beignet, the official mascot of the Com Center, on there. We will. Uh, you know who Beignet is? If you've seen the show before, sure. He's a wonderful corgi, a mascot of the show. I have. I did a commission picture of Beignet. Belongs on a shirt. The owner of Beignet, Carly, is in the chats. Her whole retirement plan is to basically financially exploit the cuteness of her dog and then bow out of public
0: service. So this should sell some shirts, too. (laughs) And she will likely be uh, more successful than you and I put together. So, John, if you wouldn't mind sticking around, I would love it. Andrew, thank you for being our guest tonight. We would love to have you back, especially when you become a freshly commissioned Law enforcement officer, be very careful in your travels. The best of luck to you. May God bless you. Look, everybody, we're all one team, and that's that's all I got to say about that. John?